from the Diocese of Gallup. Welcome to Crozier Cast. I'm Director of Communication Suzanne Hammonds, and with me, as always, is your host, Bishop James Wall. Bishop Wall, how are you this afternoon? I'm doing great, Suzanne. How are you doing? Good. And today, we'd like to talk about the a couple of different topics. It's kind of a lot, but we'll try to condense it down a little bit. And um, it involves the the recent bishops meeting that just happened in June and then um, a recent letter written by Pope Francis, and they both kind of have a lot to do with each other. So Bishop Wall, could you sort of explain what's been going on? Sure, I, I, we, we had our meeting in June in Baltimore, which is a little unusual. Normally our meeting in the summer is hosted by a diocese around the country. But as you remember at our last meeting, uh, the, the November meeting, um, we were asked by, through the Congregation of Bishops, ultimately I think it was by the Holy Father, uh, not to vote on some of the issues that we were dealing with. And so um, they moved it to uh, this, this June meeting. And uh, we, were, we were supposed to have a bit of a, a retreat meeting, but as you remember in January, the Holy Father asked us to have a retreat together. He sent Father Canta La Mesa, gave a wonderful retreat. We were in Mundelein in Chicago. And, and then also in between the June meeting and that, the retreat, there was a, a gathering of our Holy Father with the presidents of the conference, the leadership of the conference from around the world, to discuss this 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 particular this particular topic. And I think probably the thing that really kicked it off was the whole uh, the whole uh, revelations about Theodore McCarrick last June. So it's just a, been a little over a year since all the things came out. The um, accusations of sexual abuse against minors, horrible, horrible things, um, you know, th- just some other things, and, and we've had a lot of stuff that, that's come out since then. So that, that really, I think, kicked it in, kicked it into high gear, and thankfully it did, because, you know, all things have to be brought into the light. If this is, this is sin, this is darkness, and those things can't remain in darkness, all things have to, 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 to be brought into the light. So we had this, uh, we had our our meeting, our, our, our normal meeting in, uh, in June, and this time it was in Baltimore, which is where normally we usually meet in, in, um, in November. So I'll, I can just kind of run through some of the topics, and then maybe we can pull some of those topics out and talk about them. But um, concerning this, we, 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 there's a, we discussed and had a vote in favor of three additional uh, bishops' accountability measures. That was during the assembly. I think that was very important. Um, we proved re- revised passage of the death penalty for the U.S. Catechism for adults. So we remember that when the catechism itself came out, the intent was that everybody, um, every conference would have their own catechism drawing from that, and similar to like the Baltimore Catechism. That was that was our the, the previous one from there. And um, I don't know how much read it, er, re- reading it gets, but I think probably my guess is. People pay a little more attention to the Universal Catechism than they do to the the, the one for the conference. Um, I think the, the Universal is a little more precise. Um, we um, move forward, and this would be related to the first one, on a third-party reporting system uh, for abuse uh, abuse by or abuse allegations uh, against a bishop. And then we also had a um, we had canonical consultation. This is one of the things, if a, if a cause is being promoted, it has to come before the bishops. They talk about whoever the cause is for, for a sainthood, 
and then we um, give a voice vote to it. So we gave a voice vote uh, for the cause of a uh, a uh, Irving uh, Howley, I think that's how you pronounce his name, I can't remember. Sometimes they refer to him as Francis, but he is, uh, he was a grandfather who lived up in the Marquette Diocese, and, and, and so, uh, you know, he lived a virtuous life. He, he, he was, it was even said that he had the stigmata on his hands. Mm -hmm. And he had a uh, gift of healing with that too, so that was you know one of the things that we we talked about. It was kind of exciting to hear to hear that, um, you know they 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 stream the assembly, they put it they, you know so people can can watch uh, everything we do, with the exception of two things. One, if we go into executive, that's obviously executive session, and two is we do a lot of work in regions. Uh, we're in region 13. And this time we also did regions in pro work in provinces, and we're in the Santa Fe province, Arizona, New Mexico. So there's, there was a lot of stuff that, that went on at this, this, last, this last meeting. But I think the, the, uh, the primary reason for this, um, this, this, this meeting, I think, that we were seeing, because they asked us to hold off on, on a vote, um, the primary reason was the apostolic letter um, uh, was issued by our Holy Father, and um, you know it's it's uh, the, the you are the, you are the light of the world is um, was referring to the vos estis lux mundi, and that was to I think calling us to uh, a greater accountability and, and also calling to us to a greater conversion because obviously, obviously when all these things what we're talking about is we're talking about sin. And so if we're talking about sin, um, as St. As John the Baptist did, as our Lord did, you know, calling us to repent, to turn away from sin and be faithful to the gospel. And so when we look at the, these things, the Theodore McCarrick's uh, situation, that's, a, that's an example of um, just sin, sin that, that harms uh, quite a few people. And then obviously when, within this, this last year, we had Bishop Bransfield in... Um, Wheeling Charleston, I believe that's what it is, in, in West Virginia, which I think encompasses the whole state. And some, you know, the allegations that he's being accused of are, are, are just, they're, they're horrific, really, really sad. And there are financial things that they're dealing to. I think with McCarrick, too, there was quite a bit of money, too, and influence with that. So the, I think it's important to note, too, that when the USCCB adopts something that's generally just for American bishops, and now, so the Pope's letter is something that's going to apply worldwide, this right? This is, this okay. is. And I think that was the worry, although a number of us were, were fairly upset. I think that was the worry in November uh, that we were getting out ahead of mm -hmm. everybody else. We got out ahead of everybody else with the charter in 2002, and I think a lot of conferences in the world looked to us to adopt those measures. Um, unfortunately, then it only applied to deacons and priests, and you know, um, clerics in view in, include bishops too. So unfortunately, it wasn't it wasn't included in 2002 with bishops or perhaps some of these things with like McCarrick and Bransfield. Uh, they would have been um, subject to it as well. So can you break down for us a little bit? What are some of the things that are outlined in this letter? What are so if if somebody um, you know that that's aimed at fighting back against a culture or instances of sex abuse. So what would happen? Well, I think one of the one of the concerns and one of the and, and rightfully so was that there was no recourse to anyone else other than the bishop. So in a diocese, 
generally what happens if, if an instance of sexual abuse is reported. Now, first and foremost, we, um, we encourage everyone to contact local authorities. Because if there's a crime that's been committed, then they have to contact local authorities. That's the first step in any of these things. And then secondly, for diocese, we have a, a way of reporting things. Um, and uh, generally it's done through a victim assistance coordinator that will receive things and then pass them on uh, to, to the people in the, in the chancery and, and ultimately that comes to the bishop. And so the, what we've seen has happened, and those, those, are, those are two examples with McCarrick and with Bransfield, that what we're seeing has happened is people did not feel like they could report these things to anyone or if they were being reported that they they were nothing was happening. They were just they were I don't know if a better word is they were just being covered up. And um, and I think in the in the instance with uh, what they're being accused of with Bransfield and with McCarrick, I mean McCarrick was laicized, no longer to be able to call a cardinal, and then he was laicized. But what it appears from on the outside is uh, they had a lot of financial influence, and because of that financial influence possibly um, there was cover for them in that. Yeah. Um, is there anything that stuck out to you, whether it was during the bishop's meeting or in studying this letter from the Pope as um, particularly good measure, let's say, or something that's going to help a lot going forward? Well, I think just the, the title, right? Yeah. I think the title, um, or you are the light of the world, and focusing on that word light, I think we've talked about that over this past year quite a bit, and all things have to be brought into the into the light and these things these actions I mean these things that people did they were being hidden they were being passed over um, you know destroying people's lives really doing it doing uh, just some horrific things and uh, they were never ever being brought into the light and I think many people especially when dealing with bishops they felt like they had no recourse to anyone but I think that's what this does this puts in place a mechanism so we have a national third-party mechanism that we're working on. This puts something in place in order to be able to receive those, those um, accusations and then follow up on them. And the way that what they call it the metropolitan model, and the way that that happens is that uh, the metropolitan would receive that. Now if it were something against the metropolitan, McCarrick was a metropolitan, then it would go to the, the senior suffragant in, in, a, in a province. So our senior suffragant was Bishop uh, Thomas Olmsted in Phoenix. And could you explain what metropolitan means in case somebody doesn't? Sure, sure. So dioceses are divided into, uh, or lumped together, I guess, grouped together in provinces. And our province is the, uh, the, the province of Santa Fe. And Santa Fe, um, the other dioceses, Gallup and Phoenix and Tucson and Las Cruces, they have a bishop. And in Santa Fe, they have an archbishop, and he would be referred to what is we call our metropolitan. And so they're, they're grouped into those things. Probably the closest one to us would be Denver. That's another archdiocese, and they're, they're grouped together in a, in a province up there, too. So maybe for people who've always wondered why are some bishops just called bishop and some archbishop, that yeah. would be why. Uh -huh. okay. That's the reason. That's the reason. So a complaint would go And it doesn't the necessarily mean that it's the largest diocese. Yeah. So the most populous diocese in our, in our province is Phoenix. But the ancient see for us is, is uh, Santa Fe, although 
uh, first mass was celebrated in the Diocese of Gallup. Yeah. So um, <laughs> we, we've got a little more history on them. So yeah, that's, so it doesn't necessarily mean you have more people, it doesn't necessarily mean uh, you know, geographically it's a larger diocese. Many times it's kind of the ancient, ancient see. Okay, so that helps with checks and balances too. So for instance, it's not just one archbishop, but you could fall back to, like you said, Bishop Olmsted. Yes. Help. Okay, um, was there talk in this about, I know that there's been a lot of talk about like more lay involvement, um, not necessarily with them making like final decisions, but maybe sort of a third party giving advice or insight. Was there any discussion about that? You know, I think that was the, the strongest voice that we heard from the National Review Board and uh, the chair from the National Review Board is a really, really good man. Um, and then um, the National Advisory Council, too, which is a, um, a council that comes together and essentially advises or offered, uh, offers advice to the U.S. bishops um, at their meetings. I, I was a member of that when I was a priest. I, I served on that, that board three or four years. And you look at the same work that the bishops are looking over you do profile voting, you make recommendations, you can you do reactive or proactive, and yeah. it's really, really good work. But from both of those groups, uh, the voice was very, very strong that we needed a greater lay involvement. I, I, I couldn't agree with that more. We do that on a diocesan level, all right. We have review, we have review boards on a diocesan level, and our, our review board is, is, is dominated by, by lay people with certain expertise in those areas. And I, I think it. I think it just increases accountability. Um, it helps with you know transparency and it increases accountability. But so, for example, you know, a bishop might not have expertise in the area of law enforcement. Uh, the expertise that maybe a social worker might might have. Psychology. Yeah, psychology, an attorney, things like that. And so you can draw on those people. And um, so so yes, yeah, so that was a that was a big voice. Uh, lay involvement. Yeah. I think we've heard that over and over and thankfully we have. Was there anything that was new to you that was maybe talked about at the bishop's meeting or in this letter that you sort of want to implement going forward or have you found that um, a lot of the stuff that's already being done on a national level here is now being spread to the rest of the world? I think that's what happened. I yeah. think we were we were trying to do this back in November and 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 the Holy Father wanted us to you know, put the brakes on, which was a little, I think it was difficult to, yeah. to do that um, because there were a lot of people that wanted us to see us do this back in November. Um, but because they wanted to be more national, there is a universal church. And this just simply isn't um, an American problem. It's not simply a Catholic problem. Um, this, is a, this is a societal problem. This is, this is, these things are happening throughout the world. And so hopefully what we can do is we can be um, a light in society in order to overcome um, you know sexual abuse minor sexual abuse any of these things these these sins that that just we should have no part of yeah. um, is there anything else that you would like people to know about the bishops meeting or the the Pope's letter I'd say that um, don't be afraid to report yeah. that's I think that's the most important thing and to know that you can report now and and then also don't be af afraid to report things to, to civil authorities. Yeah. Um, you know, you can, I, I think what we're really working hard on is that people feel comfortable, they feel safe, that there's not going to be backlash against them. I think there's a lot of things that, that people fear of. And then, you know, it's really difficult for someone who is a survivor of sexual abuse to bring something to the light that they've, that 
perhaps hidden away for so long because a lot of times their abuser can make them feel like either this is something that they are complicit in or this is something that's their fault yeah and it, you know it's it's all the fault it's all the fault of the abuser yeah and hopefully with the you know in the what is it almost 20 years since the Boston story um, it's become sort of more more acceptable to come forward you know and people will take it more seriously and treat people with more respect you know it has and, and it has yeah that there's more an environment that's easier for survivors yeah I think if we look at you know diocesan the things that have been set up in the diocese I'm, I'm really proud of the work that we do we have a, a, a wonderful um, a victim assistance coordinator and Elizabeth Terrell. Yeah, we've interviewed her on the podcast. We before. have, we have. To that. And then we have a, a wonderful safe environment coordinator in uh, Leslie Farrell. And uh, so they're, I mean, they're really, really good people. And we've worked hard at, at training, you know, yeah. countless laity, uh, clergy, religious in safe environment in order to uh, not only provide a safe environment but to be able to spot some of the warning signs. Yeah. And we, I think we've, we've worked really hard at helping people to understand that they, they can report incidences of sexual abuse. Yeah, awesome. And um, all of this, and we even have a, a nice list of like law enforcement contacts for just about anywhere that you are, but we'll, we'll link to all of this in our show notes and stuff. But of course, anytime you can also just Google um, local law enforcement contacts or local resources as well. You know, Absolutely. That's not, that's not hard. So. Yeah, that should be the first thing. Yeah, yeah, for, yeah. exactly. All right, great. Well, um, I think that's, I mean, like I said, there's a lot here. There's a lot that was covered in the bishop's meeting, but um, a lot of time I think we want to give a shout out to Catholic News Agency um, because they're always on the ground. It's, it's a fully Catholic staff, but they're committed to making the church better as well, and their coverage they are. is great. So anytime that there's questions about the bishop's meetings or anything new that comes out, I would say go to their website. They're yeah, they're, they're, they're fully Catholic. Yeah. They really are. I mean, they... They love the church, they're devoted to the church, but they're not afraid to write or say things that need to be said. And uh, I, I, I think very highly of them. And uh, they're, they're, they're a really good group. You can, so you can always go to Catholic News Agency. You can also go to the bishop's uh, website with this usccb.org and there's tons of information on there too. Yeah. I'd recommend the USCCB Twitter too. It's gotten a little more uh, fun recently. It has, <laughs> a little, 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 uh, little, little spicier, yeah. feistier maybe. It's yeah. pretty great. All right, yeah. so that was it for this episode. Um, as always, we kind of covered a lot, um, just touched the surface, but all of this that we talked about you can find in our show notes. Um, and thank you again, Bishop Wall. You're welcome. And I think in the future we'll, we can follow up a little on yeah. this and maybe go to in more depth as things start to roll out and yeah. we get a little more information. And if people have, of course, if you have, as always, if you have questions, comments, or concerns, you can reach out to us on Facebook, over Twitter, leave a comment in our comment section, or email us. Um, and thanks again for listening. Great. Thank you.